Uh oh. Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. Back yet again. Back like I never left. I'm sorry I missed last week because we was in Atlanta longer than we planned. We was in Atlanta. Uh, we did some podcasts there. We did 85 South. We did More Than Culture. I did the It's Giving podcast, and we had a show in Atlanta on Sunday, so we just, we just stayed in Atlanta. I had some fantastic biscuits from uh, Atlanta Vegan Breakfast. If you are in Atlanta and you are a fan of the breakfast genre and you vegan, Atlanta Vegan Breakfast, man, the biscuits is fire. Fire. The egg, sausage, and cheese biscuit sandwich had your boy in the chokehold all last weekend. I was in the chokehold. Biscuits had your boy. Dead to rice, man. Black-owned business. Get in on it if you are in Atlanta. Um, shout out to my co-host, Water. Water's the best co-host of your life. You will never need another co-host. If you got if you got water in your life, man, you're blessed. You're blessed. Keep that in mind, man. Don't take water for granted. If you got running water in your home, you can bathe, you can shower, you can drink it. You're blessed already. You're already winning. You already got the cheat code. You got that. Don't don't take that shower or that bath for granted, man. When you sitting in the tub, butt ass naked, soaking. Be grateful, man. Be grateful. Because, hey, man, you, you could be out here where you got to use one bucket. That's how you bathe. You can, you can bathe out of a bucket. But, no, man, you in a whole tub, body submerged. Don't take that for granted, man. Don't take it for granted, man. That's a blessing right there. You can bathe. You can shower. Good times, man. I want to say this. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to my patron saints. My patron saints are in the building. Struggle Beer Bakery, Lana, uh, Elmilio, um, Miss Miles, Miss Ma'am, your big debut career coaching and consulting. I thought you was going to change the name. Uh, Matt Johnson, Sherry Tucker, Geraldine Townsend, uh, Two Jesse, Kiana, um, Sherry Tucker, uh, Nikayla Ray, Candid Cammy. Geraldine Townsend, Jess V, uh, Nakia Bess, Aries Taurus, uh, Sharon McDee, Sean Veal, uh, Alice, Chris M, DJ Hizzle, Ernest Doyle, Granny 530, Dominique Lachey, Styler, who pulled up in Cleveland to volunteer to help us sell merch. I appreciate you too, Jesse. Uh, Receive Sunflower, AJ, Gladys Diaz. Alice Marie and more. Randomly CJ. Uh Mikey Megzochi. I appreciate y'all, man. Uh George E. Tanisha Turner. AJ. DT Hut, man. And more and many more, man. I appreciate y'all, man. I love my patron saints, man. I want to kiss y'all in the mouth, make love to y'all passionately in the shower. Last, last week, when I missed last week, there was a tropical storm that you know, it breezed through California, Southern California. 
And they they were they were pumping it up. They were like, "Yo, man, this part of this hurricane gonna come through. It's gonna be bad business in Cali, man. Get your feet together. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Right." So they downgraded to a tropical storm, and then just the pompousness of everybody in Cali saying, "I don't see what the big deal was. I don't see it wasn't all that. Y'all was pompous, man. I ain't like the energy." I didn't I didn't I didn't feel no gratitude on that. I didn't feel like y'all were grateful that it was just a a tropical storm that you can deal with that was easy to manage. I didn't I didn't feel no gratitude. I didn't like that, man. Now mind you, I missed it because I was in Atlanta, but I didn't like that energy, man. Cause there's so many people out here devastated by natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes, volcanoes wildfires people in maui just losing mad homes and y'all sitting up here i don't see what this big deal be grateful that that shit was light be grateful that you didn't get your ass cheeks kicked in all weekend long be grateful man i want to hear the grat i want to hear the you know what Thank you, Lord, for letting that be just a little tropical storm. We appreciate it. Thank you. It could have been so much worse. It could have been massive flooding. It could have been all kind of shit. So instead of complaining about the overhypeness of the weather, be grateful. Be happy. Be thankful. That's what I want to see. That's the energy I want. Because I'm sure it was people that have been through some real shit out here homeless, out here fighting for their lives, looking at y'all like, oh, must be nice. We out here homeless in Maui, fresh. So I wanted more gratitude on that. Sprinkled the gratitude on that, man. Complaining because it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. This ain't a movie. This ain't no summer blockbuster. This ain't no restaurant. This ain't no TV show. It's, it's, it's weather, natural disasters. If they don't meet your expectations, be thankful. Talking about y'all acting like y'all wanted y'all money back. I'm like, man, y'all tripping. Gratitude, man. Be thankful, man. Shout out to Amir on the ones and twos back here. Um, but yeah, man, I wanted more gratitude on that. The whole time. Because I was watching from Atlanta. And Atlanta was big sweaty. Atlanta was hot as hell. So I, I agree with everything you're saying. Man. As somebody who's been through a hurricane, you don't want to have to deal with what a hurricane can actually be. Come on, So the man. people were, you know, I was like, hmm. I was out Saturday because I had to get something. And I was just like, it's just a chill day for y'all. But yeah. I was like, because I wasn't sure. I was like, I'm just preparing in general. Right. And everybody was like, you might be doing too much. So I was like, nah, man, if the power go out mm-hmm. or whatever, there's a possibility that we're not going to have water. So we need water. Right. We got to have food. If electricity go out, how are we going to eat? You know what I'm saying? We got to mm-hmm. have something that's going to be able to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just being prepared. And right. I don't, you know, a lot of people, like, water was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, most people grab, like, eggs and stuff. And if you overdid it, then that's cool because that means that, hey, you was prepared, though. Exactly. Like, that's all I was like. I My dad was like, I don't even got to tell you what to do. He was like, you already know. And I was like, yeah, yeah I do. I was like, I got my flashlight. Yep. I got my water. We good. Like, you know, we're going to sit in here. We're just going to chill. Like, we're right. not going to do too much. We're just preparing for it. You'd rather be over prepared than under. Especially LA because you don't have an infrastructure to no. make it through rain as is. So then you no. think if a hurricane actually hit LA, oh my goodness. Oh, man. They, the whole city would, would collapse. Literally. 
They're not ready. They they can barely handle hard rains, the mudslides, the way people drive. It's just regular streets crumbling. It's just like, damn, from, from the light rain. Now, full hurricane? Come on, man. Be grateful, Southern California. That's that's the word of the day, man. Gratitude. Um, Kev on stage had posted something yesterday. He was talking about how, you know, people reliving their glory days from high school or whatever. And they're just, you know, just leaning on that. Kind of like Al Bundy, how Al Bundy on Married with Children, he was all about his glory days playing football in high school. And I was thinking, he was like, and Kev was like, man, that was 20 years ago, man. We moving on to the next. So I got to thinking about my own high school days. And I was like, yo, I have no real highlights from high school. I played football in ninth grade, never continued playing. I tried out for the basketball team, never made it. I was a virgin all throughout high school. Um, I was cool. I was like, but I wasn't like super popping like that, you know, had my little crew. I went to college parties while I was still in high school, but there was no real highlights for your boy. There was no glory days for me. There was no, there was zero glory day. My glory days are now. This is, this. I'm living in my highlights right now. Now, in my 40s. Now I'm like, yo, this is what high school could have been? Now, in my 40s. High school was just, high school was just whatever. I was just trying to get by on the regular grades. I was just eating lunch. I had Tootsie Pops every day at lunch. Almost got into some scuffles here and there. I got nothing. There was no sports glory. There was no super popularity. I wasn't hoisted up on the shoulders of the student body out here. I was just a regular student. I was your average Joe, the average tone. So my highlights are now. So when I look back at high school, I'm like, I ain't got nothing to report. I ain't lose my virginity till after high school. I was like a year out. I was 19. So I can't, I can't even say, I can't even say the virginity loss was a highlight in high school because it never happened. Never did. So I guess that's a good thing that I'm not harping and living and holding on to the past glory days because the glory is now and I appreciate it. And I'm grateful for the highlights that have, you know, it took a while, but they're here. So, so I just want y'all to keep in mind, keep in mind that everybody's timing is different. Everybody's timing is different. Everybody going to pop at a different stage in their life. If you out here and you feel like you haven't popped yet and you in your 30s and you panicking and you feel like you ain't done enough and you time ain't over yet. You can pop in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. Everybody's timing is different. Keep that in mind. Some people some people peaked in at 11 and 12. Everybody's timing is different. Your time is coming. Just hang in there, man. Don't don't throw it in the towel, man. Don't get caught up on other people's timing. Everybody's timing is different. So just remember that. Feel that. Hold on to it. Cherish that. Don't stress yourself out. 
if you aren't where you want to be in life and you're at a certain age and you feel like, oh, man, I should be here. No, you're right where you should be. You're right where you should be. You alive. And your highlights could be right around the corner. So keep that in mind. Don't stress. My highlights came in my 40s. And I'm like, all right, you know what I'm saying? That whole decade where I was like in limbo about what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, which direction I wanted to go in, all throughout my whole 20s, I was in that fog. Finally came out in my 30s. I was like, oh, I have a direction now. I have a goal. Everybody's timing is different. So keep that in mind, y'all. Speaking of high school, I realized recently I was I was listening to You Don't Know My Name by Alicia Keys. You Don't Know My Name, great song. I love that song because it feels like it was it was taken from the 70s. I feel like that song was plucked from the 70s and laid out in 2003, 4, whenever that album came out. It just it just feels like old soul the piano, the sound, the way she's singing, the video, everything felt like, man, this is the 70s right here. I was like, man, I love the way this song feels. And in the video, Alicia Keys works at a diner, most deaf be coming in there, getting his usual. And she had a crush on him, man. She was looking at him like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And in the song and in the video, she gives him a call and puts her bid in. She called him up, got his number from the receipts. She did her due diligence to get the number. Boom. She on the phone spitting mad game. I th- did Kanye West produce that song? Oh, that's a Kanye West. That's prime Kanye West for me. Old soul Kanye. Love that period. Love that period. She called most Def up. Put the Mac down. So I got to thinking. I was like, yo. She was creepy with it. She was creepy. She got his number. She Sabrina brings this up a lot. She like, she snuck the dairy into his hot chocolate. He could have been lactose intolerant. Who knows? She put the Mac down. I was like, man, that's refreshing. And then I got to thinking, a girl did that to me in high school. A girl pulled up on me and gave me the Alicia Keys. Her name was Tasha, right? I remember, so in in New Mexico, we live right on the corner. We live in a corner house. So I'm always so... Clovis, New Mexico is a small town, population 30,000. So if you're driving, and we live right right off of like a busy street, one of the main streets. So everybody would see me. They would see me out on the driveway. They would see me, you know, just existing, coming home, whatever. They would just drive past, be like, yo, that's Tony, man. I saw you yesterday. You live on that corner house? It's kind of it's kind of exposing, kind of creepy, because when you're on the corner house of a busy street, everybody going to see you. And so... I'm in the garage one day. I'm walking in. This girl parks out front and walks up. And she comes up to me and she's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I know you don't know me. My name's Tasha. I've seen you around in school, you know, and, uh, you know, 
I just wanted to introduce myself to you. And, you know, I, I see, I see, I see you out here, you know, and I, you know, I like you and I, you know, she put her bid in strong. She gave me the Alicia Keys and I'm standing in my garage. I'm just like, oh, like, you know, she cut, she cornered me up. She cornered me up. It wasn't even a phone call. It was in person, pulled up, confidence, parked the car. She had a car. She was driving already, pulled up, put the foot up on the on the bucket that was in the garage. I've been checking you out at school. And I'm just like, oh, oh. I was helpless, man. I had, I never experienced this. Now, there was a girl before that. There was a girl that liked me for a long time. As soon as I got to Clovis, New Mexico, there was a girl named Kendra. She was on me from day one. Kendra was like, Anthony. That's how she would say my name. Ooh, Anthony. She said the, the full government. Anthony, she was on me from jump. And I was like, man, look out, Kendra, man. Watch out, man. I was running from her the whole high school career. I was man, man, look out, man. She was on the case. But I always ran. I was like, nah, man, look out. But this girl, Tasha, though, and Tasha was cute, but I was scared. I was scared shitless. I was scared of girls at this time, man. I mean, I, I was liking them, but from afar, you know what I'm saying? I was shy McGee. I was shy Ronnie, man. A lot of people be like, Tony, you ain't shy. Yes, I am. Tasha rolled up, man, gave me the Alicia Keys in that garage, and I, I fumbled, man. I, I didn't follow through. I didn't follow through, man. I wasn't ready. I didn't know, I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know I had to I had to get time to check her out, you know what I'm saying? Fast forward, she started dating this dude. She started dating this dude that was a friend of my brother's. Uh, she was like a senior and she was dating this dude that was in the military. So he, he was probably about 19. Uh, it's not as creepy as it sounds, okay? Once you heard he in the military dating a high schooler, it was like a year, maybe a year or two difference. But they started dating, and I was like, damn, man. I had my shot. And I was also cool with Tasha's brother. Um, I had my shot, and I was just like, well, you know, that's what happens when you're a chump in the garage. So, fellas, when the girl pull up on you and give you the Alicia Keys in the diner, man, when they when they prop their foot up on the bucket in the garage and they mack you down, man, don't punk out like I did, man. Don't punk out like I did. If she cute or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Don't drop the ball like Tony Baker, man. I'll fold it right up. Because I... I don't know. I don't because in the Alicia Keys video, I don't know if most Dev dropped the ball or not. I don't know if the images that we saw of them together. I don't know. I don't know if that you know really went into a romance for them. I can't tell. But I do know this: if you want the rest of this podcast, IG Live, you got to join my Patreon because I'm logging off of this. So if y'all want to join up, join up. Click the link in my bio. Join my Patreon. Let's let's take it to the. I'm giving y'all the Alicia Keys Macdown, and this is it. 
Y'all gonna drop the ball and not and not take the bait? Or y'all just want this free shit? Man by. See, look at you, man by. You ain't a real one. You ain't a real one, man. I'll see y'all later, man. Y'all gonna miss out. If you want to see this full episode, though, new episodes of Verbal Cardio drop every Wednesday on all platforms. So, but if you're a real one and you want that extra, join my Patreon. Click the link in my bio. Hit that Patreon tab. And uh, we're going to make it a feel. Boom. Um, but yeah, y'all, that was my... We cutting ties, y'all. Only the real ones remain. That was my little Alicia Keys. <laughs> my Alicia Keys moment, man. She pulled up in that garage, put her bid straight in. I was like, all right. Um, I want to talk about... So, there was a little dust-up between Melly Mel and Eminem, right? And... You know, uh, Melly Mel was speaking disrespectfully about Eminem or whatever. And then Eminem fired back in a song. Didn't give Melly Mel too much heat, but he let him know, man, look. And my thing is this. If you're an OG, a pioneer in the in the rap game or anything, it don't, it don't even have to be hip-hop. If you are a pioneer, an OG, one of the originators in anything, Yes, you should get your props. Yes, you should get your respect. But also, you need to give respect. That's first and foremost. You, if you want respect, you got to give it, no matter who you are, no matter what you created, no matter what you did. If you want respect, you got to give it. And I've seen Melly Mel on several interviews just kind of disrespecting the younger rappers in the game. So it's like, so people was like, who was Eminem to go with Melly Mel? Who was Melly Mel to disrespect rappers like that? Especially rappers who have respected the game, who have, who have been excellent examples of rappers in hip-hop, who have contributed to the culture in a good way. Who are you to disrespect them? I don't care who you are. If you're not, if you're not extending the respect, why do you expect to get it back? Like if you were OG, let's say you were OG comedian in the game and you disrespecting me. Well, fuck you then, OG. Straight like that. I mean, I respect everything you did, but you're not going to be disrespecting me and what I do, especially when I, I have extended to you nothing but respect. And I'm respecting the craft. Just because I'm not your personal cup of tea don't mean you got the right to disrespect me and I'm supposed to take it because you are OG. Hell no, man. Absolutely not. So Eminem wasn't in the wrong for firing back. He was getting disrespected. And so I think they, I think he apologized since then. But still, it's just that whole mindset of, no, man, you don't come at OGs like that. Well, OGs need to come correct on the youngest. It's as simple as that. Especially like Eminem. And here's the thing about Eminem. You know, a lot of people get on Eminem because he's white. They They feel like, you know, he came into the culture. He 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 benefited off of the culture, and he sells the records that he does because he is white. And I don't argue that. I feel like him being white definitely helped his record sales. Absolutely, 
because a big part of the hip hop fan base are whites. They out here, white men especially. So they they connect with Eminem. They see something in him that's like, yo, I, I can I can relate to this. So of course his sales are going to be higher because Eminem can actually rap. Now don't come in here and be like Eminem overrated. Eminem, need. that man can rap. Whether he's your personal cup of tea, that's a matter of opinion. I get it. If you don't like the sound of his voice, fine. But if you want to sit here and act like this man cannot rap, you lose credibility with me. You lose credibility with me instantly. That man can rap. He has always shown a high caliber talent for the wordplay the whole time. So you can't deny that. Once you start denying that, then you lose all credibility in any any type of debate you want to have with me because it's like, man, Eminem, man, he can't rap. What? Saying that you don't like his current music or he was never your cup of tea, I'll give you that all day. Everybody got their own opinion and their own taste in music. But to sit here and listen to him technically put words together Experiment with different styles, storytelling, silly rap, multiple characters, all of this wordplay, double, triple, quadruple entendres. How are you denying this? That's where you lose all the credibility to me. And it's not his fault he's white. Because from my standpoint, Eminem has respected the culture for the most part. He knows his history. He quotes he quotes uh, rhymes from cats older than him all the time. He's a fan of hip-hop. Like when you see Eminem talk to the OGs, he will sit there and quote their rhymes back to him. That lets you know he's a real student of the game. He's a real student of the art form. So, and to me, he knows, he knows he's white. He knows it, but he knows the history. And to me, that's that's respectful. Like he's coming in respecting the crab and people be like, well, he only he only goes at people that aren't a threat to him on the battle tip. Like he only goes at pop singers and like, you know, he'd be going at, at people that don't even really rap like that. He goes at women a lot. I can't I can't deny this. He does. He does target women. I feel like he probably has issues with women. That's the vibe I get from Eminem, from Marshall Mathers. Historically, I feel like his relationship with women has something to be desired. He had beef with his mom, had beef with his baby mom. That whole Mariah Carey dust up, I feel like he definitely has had his issues with women. That's He can't hide that. But um, I feel like with Eminem being a white rapper, I feel like he he always had to tread lightly on who he targeted with his lyrics. He comes from that he comes from that battle, that battle-tested Detroit hip-hop scene where we battle. We're going to come at you, we're going to come at your throat. So him being white, he got to be careful of who he comes after. Cuz if you come after just targeting all these black rappers, it's like, "Hey man, who who is you, white boy? The fuck you doing up in here?" targeting all these black rappers so he always had to be careful so he he would dip into pop 
and like, you know, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, just to, just to, just to be safe on the up and up. And white cats at that. Then as time went on and, you know, Cass is firing at him, then he would fire back at the black, you know, the black rappers, the Ja Rule, the Benzinos, the the whatever. And people people look at them and like, yo, that's lower caliber. So you gotta you gotta tread lightly when you're when you're a white rapper out here. And white rappers, they get they get the extra special treatment. If they if they are above average, they're gonna get the extras. You know what I'm saying? Vanilla Ice came out the gate with a with a hit song. Vanilla Ice's debut album is one of the best-selling rap albums of all time. To the extreme. Seven million copies sold. Seven million copies sold. The Beastie Boys. Diamond. Ten million. Might be at 11 million now. Eminem has the best-selling hip-hop album of all time in the Eminem show. 12 million sold. No double albums, no double certification. The Eminem show is sitting at 12 million. He probably got the top two best-selling hip-hop albums of all time. So that whiteness definitely plays into the success and the numbers. But underneath that, this man can rap. So... I just want to say that. I just want to put that out there. So when you come in with an Eminem debate and you be like, man, he can't rap like that. He can't rap that good. I'd be like, you know what? I'm not even I'm not even going into these waters with you. Not even going. Can't do it. Paul Wall, baby. What y'all know about me? I like Paul Wall, man. Paul Wall. Um Speaking of speaking of records being sold, Michael Jackson. I've been on like a Michael Jackson kick lately. Like I, I've just been watching YouTube videos on Michael lately, just just digging into Michael Jackson. Because they're always comparing these artists to Michael Jackson. Like today's artists, they'd be like, Beyonce is the Michael Jackson of our time. Taylor Swift is doing Michael Jackson level things. Nobody's coming close to what Michael did. Nobody's coming close. Regardless of how many how many tours they selling, how many tickets is being sold, I see what Beyonce and Taylor Swift are doing. It's great. It's fantastic. But, but, and a lot of you, a lot of you, if you're young, if you're too young to remember what was going on with Michael Jackson, hush. If you just watching YouTube videos and clips of yesteryear, I need you to just take a seat real quick. I saw it in real time. I saw it in real time. I remember when Thriller dropped. The best-selling album ever made. I remember when it was new when it dropped. What Michael Jackson had going, I ain't never seen nothing like it. And we probably won't get something like that ever again. They always trying to force everybody else to go up to that level. Harry Styles, Taylor Swift. And this artist out here that has sold millions of records. Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, goddamn The Eagles, Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits even surpassed Thriller in total sales, but it's a Greatest Hits album. 
cheat code. But worldwide, it's still Thriller holds the number one title. But that's a band. Ain't no hysteria behind the Eagles. Ain't no just mass hysteria. People passing out. People just fainting. People just... And black folks ain't really rocking with the Eagles like that. Michael Jackson transcended everything. Black folks ain't really rocking with Taylor Swift like that. Black folks ain't really rocking with Garth Brooks like that. Michael Jackson had everybody by the ball sack. Everybody by the balls. Black, Asian, white, Hispanic, Yugoslavian, Greek, Russian, Indian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean. He had everybody by the balls. Even if you didn't have balls, he had your balls. Everybody. Fuck the genre. Michael Jackson was worldwide humanity. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Never seen nothing like that. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. I wanted to be Michael Jackson. I had the poster. I wanted the glove. I had the penny loafers. I wanted that Thriller jacket. I wanted the beaded jacket. I wanted the shirt he had on in the beaded video with the little piano keys on it. I wanted that shirt. I wanted the shirt. I wanted the curl. I wanted my curl wet. Till his head caught on fire. And then I was like, you know what? I'm cool on the curl. When his head caught on fire, I was cool on the curl. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't need the curl. I'll just keep my shit dry. I might put some Herbex on it and just call it a day. It was crazy. It was, it was a time that we'll never see again. Like right now, with social media, imagine Michael Jackson hitting in the social media age where he can be everywhere all at once. See, it wasn't like that back in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? You had MTV, you had Friday night videos, you had pretty much one-stop shops for how you consumed your music. MTV, Friday night videos, the radio. You had like three avenues. Then you had to go to the record store and actually buy the album. You had to go out and physically get the copy. You had to physically go get it. You had to make a trip to the store, make the effort, I want this thriller record. You had to take it back to the house. You had to look at you had to look at the album as you as you went back home. You looked at the album. You couldn't even listen to it till you got home. Like right now, everybody doing streaming numbers. That's cute. Streaming numbers are cute. But how many people are putting forth the effort? I'll give you Taylor Swift when she be dropping them vinyl joints. They be selling, but they don't be thriller selling. You got 20, 30, 40, you got millions of people making the trip to get your record, the physical copy. It was crazy. It was, it was bananas. It was bananas. It was grapes. It was peaches. It was strawberries. It was blueberries. It was all of that. 
I remember seeing the Billie Jean video for the first time. I was like, yo, what's going on here? That's the kid from the Jackson 5 with the, with the, from the cartoons and the, and the don't stop till you get enough guy. The rock with you guy. He was walking down the street and every step lit up. I ain't never seen nothing like it. I was like, I want to be him, man. I remember the day I saw that video for the first time. We were living on 48th and Vincennes, the apartment on the second floor. We might have been the third floor. Maybe we were the third floor because I remember the neighbor down underneath us was complaining about shaking the chandelier. I remember I was by the radiator. My brothers got excited because the new video had dropped and I was like, yo, I was mesmerized. To this day, that's one of my favorite Michael Jackson videos. Billie Jean is probably my favorite Michael Jackson song of all time. And I was just, I didn't know what he was talking about at the time. Billie Jean is not my lover. She's just a girl who claims that I'm the one. I was like, what? I, don't, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. Now, I, I understand 100% now, but at the time, I was like, claims that I am the one. But the kid is not my son. Now, I, I had no idea what he was talking about. But now it's just like, yo, Michael Jackson, he did some miraculous shit, man. People passing out hysteria. Crazy. He he still got the record to this day for the most Grammys won in one night. To this day. To this day. But with that, with that level of fame comes a price. Comes a price. So, yeah, so stop forcing the Michael Jackson comparisons, y'all. Stop forcing it. Enough. Taylor Swift is not Michael Jackson. She's just not. She's a good songwriter. She's dope. Let's let, let's let it be that. She's a draw. She's a draw. But let's... Let's just take it easy. All right, relax. Um, I was watching Drink Champs. Irv Gotti was back on there. Um, I noticed Irv Gotti's energy was a lot lower on this one. And he looked skinnier. Come to find out when I watched the full thing, he has diabetes. So that explained the energy and the look. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, that's why you got to be careful how you judge people's appearances, their energy. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what's going on internally. Just just chill. Before you before you snap judge, just chill, man. They might be going through something. And uh, so he said, you know, the diabetes was, was going with him. But during that interview, um, I don't know if he was playing it too cool for school throughout the whole interview or or if it was just a physical you know energy because of his health but i was just like i wasn't really feeling his energy during the the interview and i'm not just saying like you know i'm not speaking from a healthy perspective but just i want something i I just would because normally i like irv Gotti. But this time it was like the energy is it came off hatery a little bit. It was a lot of hatery going on. 
And one portion of the interview, he was talking about where he lost Nas. Because Irv Gotti and them had an idea. They were going to go to Baltimore. It was going to be Irv Gotti, Ja Rule, Ashanti, Cadillac Todd, Nas. Irv Gotti wanted them to pull up in Baltimore in Rolls Royces eating chicken and just go in the middle of the hood in Baltimore and do that. That was his idea. He was like, it's going to be crazy. That's going to be a moment for people to remember. And Nas was like, yo, what if we get killed? Nas told Irv got yo, yo, what if we get killed? And Irv was like, that's what we lost him, man. He was scared. I'm like, yo, he wasn't scared. He was smart. That's not the move. And Irv was like, Ja Rule was down for whatever. But listen, man, Ja Rule was in on the on the fire festival. He's not. He, we know he down for whatever. But to go to Baltimore in the middle of the hood and Rolls Royce is eating chicken, what what kind of plan was this? Why was this an idea? What if we get killed? And then Irv was like, well, fuck it, then we martyrs. What kind of martyrs are you? You're not a martyr if you go to the hood, somebody else's hood that none of y'all are from and get murdered out because y'all was stunting on poor people in the hood. That's not a moment. Eating chicken. That is not a moment. People going to see you. Yeah, the kids going to be like, oh, man, Murder, Inc. is here. Nas. But the OGs and the Hungry Thundercats going to be like, yo, man, who they think they are coming up in here? And our hood ain't none of them from Baltimore. Nas is from Queens. Irv Gotti is from Hollis, Queens. Ja Rule is either from Jamaica, Queens, or Hollis, Queens. Ashanti is from New York. Why are y'all in Baltimore in the middle of the hood in Rolls Royces eating chicken? What you doing then? Don't nobody know y'all like that, like that? That's a silly plan with the murder on the thing. If it's murder you want, it's murder you gonna get. So I felt Nas on that. I'm like, hell no, we ain't pulling up to... To somebody else's hood stunting on the poor. That's silly, man. Cause I like to go, I like to go to the hood. I like to go to the hood in every city I go to. But when I go to the hood, I'm dressed down. I don't even have my wallet on me. I just be out there with, with, with my phone. And in in workout clothes. I don't want no smoke, but I want to be amongst the people. That's all I want. I'm not out here, you know trying to show off none of that i'm out here in sweats i just want to connect with the people i want to be in the community i like going to the hood in every city i go to but i would never go to the hood to show off stunt floss that's ridiculous that's how you get yourself in the jam you don't you don't move like that you don't do that if you want to be in the hood, that's fine, but, you know, respect it. And I feel like showing up in the Rolls Royce eating chicken, I feel like you're not respecting it. 
I feel like you're not respecting it. Now, if you want to throw some money to the to the to the community out of the Rolls Royce trunk, if you want to just hand out stacks of cash, then all right, it's a little different. But even that, even that, I will I will roll up in a regular vehicle, a Nissan Sentra, money in the back, like yo, I'm handing out stacks of cash. I'm not coming in with the Rolls Royce. No, nah, that was a dumb plan. And then he mentioned, like, you know, Irv Gotti got a huge deal. He got, like, $100 million for the publishing and stuff like that. And he said he gave Ja Rule, like, a seven-figure check. And he gave some other cats some money. But he was like, Ja Rule was the only one. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if he gave Ashanti bread, though. Because he said it was just Ja Rule. But I was like, yo, I feel like, I feel like Ashanti should get broke off as well. Because Ashanti was doing numbers. And she was on Murder, Inc., right? And I know I know they not, you know, they probably not on the best of terms, but I mean, come on. Ashanti was doing numbers for the ink. So I'm I'm hoping that, you know, he gave her, he broke some bread for her too. You know what I mean? Cause and no doubt, you know, Ja Rule did his goddamn thing. He earned every penny. But I feel like I'm hoping. You know, and I don't want to be pocket watching, but they made that episode about the pockets a lot. So I'm hoping that he broke Ashanti off as well with some with some with some good coin. I know I would have. If I get a hundred million dollars, I'm breaking I'm breaking cats off. I'm breaking cats off, man. How much money you need? How much money you need? Run out of cash, man. And it's funny too, like I was talking, I was talking about this to uh some comedians and stuff like that. And I was just like, why do we highlight the negative? I'm guilty of it too, but like, why do we highlight the negative? Under under waves and showers of positivity. We will zero in on the negative and just, we will zoom in, highlight, and put that up on the wall. You got all of this, all of this positivity going. You got all of this, all of these blessings to be thankful for, all of these props, all of these compliments, all of these just good energy pieces coming your way. One negative thing, we highlight that and and hold on to it. Why do we do that? Why do we hold on to the negative so tightly? Forget forget everything else. Forget everything else. Forget all these compliments and props and praises and, and good traits about a person. This one thing you did or this one thing that was said, we hold on to that for dear life. Why? What is it in us that makes us hold on to the negative? And one thing I was I was thinking, it was like, we do a comedy show, right? This is an example for me. We do a comedy show. Everybody's laughing. 200 people laughing. One person is not. Who do we remember? The person that's not laughing. Forget everybody else in the audience that's just dying, wiping tears. Somebody passed out. This dude laughed so hard, he burst into flames. Jesus came in, laughed, and did a car wheel in the back. But we like, yo, 
that one dude right there in the third row, he didn't laugh at me the whole night. And we, that's what we remember from the show. Forget everybody else. that They were swinging from the chandeliers. They were doing cartwheels. They were walking on stilts, laughing hysterically. That one dude is all we remember. Why? Is it because they stand out? Is that why we focus on the negative? Because it stands out? I remember this show we did in Sacramento in 2019. We was in Sacramento. The audience surrounded us. Great energy in that mug. It was the real comedians of social media tour. All of us remember the one lady that didn't laugh the whole goddamn night. You talk to any one of us that did that show. The lady that never laughed. Everybody else dying, laughing, clapping, applause breaks. They having the time of their lives up in there. That one lady sitting in the front, prime real estate seating, she didn't laugh at a goddamn thing. And that's what we remember from the whole show. We got to stop holding on to the negative, y'all. If you're getting a sea of positivity, focus on that sea. If a person has one negative trait about them, don't write them off. If they got a lot of good traits and one negative, don't write them off for that one negative. Unless it's something like, you know, just heinous then, of course. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Let's try, let's try to be mindful of the good things and nurture those good things. I know it's easier said than done. I know it's easier said than done. And I'm talking to myself as well. I, I see people talking shit in my comment section. I, I zero in on that. I zero in on that. And then all, all of these props, I'm like, yeah, the, the props, but, but this person. We got to water the positivity, man. We got to water it. We got to stop giving life to the negativity, man. We got to. I know it's easier said than done. I know it. But we got to, man. Let's practice that. Let's practice that for the rest of the year. Let's practice focusing on the positive, focusing on the good things, watering the kind words, the compliments, the support. Let's water those things. Anything negative, man, look out, man. Watch out, man. You ain't talking about nothing. But this, let's highlight that. Let's focus on that. Let's get it. Let's try. Let's get it. Struggle Beer Bakery, man. Get out of here. Beat it. Scram. Struggle Beer Bakery pulled up on me in Chicago, bro. Mad crack in the bag. I still got to post that video I took of you, by the way, Struggle Beer Bakery. His cookies are fire. I still got, I still got some cookies left in the, in the, I've been avoiding them. I've been fasting for 20 hours. I'm running on fumes here. Um, last but not least, before we get to the this or that, get your this or that ready. Last but not least, Stop making weak-ass excuses and getting mad because people call you out on your weak-ass excuse. This did that. I posted a post about when people make excuses. I can tell who the excuse makers were in the, in the comment section. I can be like, oh, you, you, you be making excuses. You be making excuses. Because if you, if you got triggered by my post, that means you make whack-ass excuses. I'm going to find exactly what I posted and share it with y'all. 
One thing about me, I will throw a lame-ass excuse on the grill and brown it evenly on both sides. That's what I said. That's what I posted. If you got a whack excuse, I'm going to throw that excuse on the grill and brown it evenly on both sides. And somebody asks, just curious, how do you decipher an excuse from a valid reason? What some of y'all are calling excuses are someone's valid reasons that you don't like. No shade here, I promise. You know a whack excuse when you hear it. You know it. There are valid reasons why people can't do certain things. Plenty of valid reasons. But you know it when you hear it. Some people will fight tooth and nail to defend their bullshit-ass excuse. Tooth and nail. Somebody said lame-ass excuses are subjective, and I'm sure there are people that believe you make them too. That person felt like they make weak-ass excuses. When I make a weak-ass excuse, throw me on the grill. When my excuse is subpar, throw me on the goddamn grill. I'm not above getting grilled if my excuse is weak and you call me out on it. Throw me on the grill. Season me up. Put the lemon pepper. Brown me on both sides. 375. If my excuse is bullshit, throw me on the grill. I deserve it. Stop defending your weak-ass excuse tooth and nail, man. And don't get your feelings hurt when your weak-ass excuse is called out. You know your shit was bunk. You know your excuse was trash. Let's cut the shit. You know your excuse was trash. But you would rather defend that weak-ass excuse wholeheartedly then take any other route. Be accountable for your weak ass excuses. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And if I grill you on it, so be it. Let's get to the this or that's man. Uh, Miss Miles, FTW. Three feet high and rising, or low end theory, man. They talking their asses off over here. Hush. Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul or The Low End Theory by a Tribe Called Quest. I don't like this question. I'm going to go with Low End Theory by a Tribe Called Quest. That goddamn scenario. Who got the jazz? Yeah. Yeah, man. Going low end theory, man. Check the rhyme. Low end theory is one of the best albums I've ever heard. Gotta go with the low end theory. Three Feet High and Rising is fantastic. And since I never had the Three Feet High and Rising tape or the CD, I've been missing out on Three Feet High and Rising for so many years, and I've been living with Low End Theory for mad long. So I'm going to go with Low End Theory on that one. Um, 
G. Lowry asks, is it an excuse to say I just ain't got it in me today? Like if you were going to do something and you canceling. It depends on it depends on the stakes on that thing. If you say I just ain't got an enemy today and people are depending on you to show up and be somebody of your word, that might not be good enough. It so it, it it's a case by case basis, but it depends on what it is. If you got if you got people that made plans, that changed plans, if you got people really depending on you to show up like you said you were, then that that just ain't gonna cut it. If it's something light like a get together or like you know a game night or just a hangout, that's different. But like if it's something where you set it up and then you're like, man, I just ain't have it in me, man. We depending on you. You you was all right. I ain't going. Then it's be like, man, come on, man. That ain't enough. Tanisha Turner asks, this or that. Comments or this or that. Comments or likes for social media. Do I want comments or likes? I would prefer comments. I would prefer interaction, engagement. I would prefer the comments. And not no bullshit ass spam bots. I'm talking real comments, real discussions, real chime-ins, because the comments are more entertaining. Y'all be funny in the comment section. And then it just it just creates more engagement. The back and forth. People responding to your comment, like the back and forth. People can connect in the comment section. The, the comment section can be a good time. Couples are made in the comment section. Enemies are made too. But I'm going to go with the comments, man, because it'd be some funny comments. And I, I have fun in the comment section in the shade room. I'm a good time. I'm a good time in the shade room comment section. I'll be in there cutting up with a red solo cup. I'll be in there showing my ass cheeks. In the shade room comment section, holler at your boy. I'm in there cutting up. And you you won't get all that with just a like. A like is just a like. Y'all see what you liked. But a comment? Oh. Let the good times roll. Uh. DT Hut, J. Cole versus Crit. Lyrics and production. Why y'all, why y'all be, why y'all be doing this? Y'all be, y'all be taking people that I love purposely. Yo, I know he a fan of J. Cole and Big Crit, so I'm going to put them together. Why y'all be doing this? I connect with both of these artists on a deep level. J. Cole and Big Crit are some of my favorite MCs working today. They in my top. They in my top, top. I feel like they both have classic mixtapes. Forever in a Day, Friday Night Lights. They got a classic album, Catalactica, Forest Hills Drive.
on the production tip and they both produce. I feel like I feel like Big Crit might have the production edge over J. Cole. Ah. Ah. I'll put I'll put J. Cole's latest project over over Big Crit's latest. That's for sure. Man, it's a tie, man. I, I can't. I can't. I can't, man. I'm taking I'm taking a drink, man. I can't decide. I can't decide, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's J. Cole or Crit. I can't decide. Man, look out. That's my answer. I I got I, I can't. I can't decide. Okay, cutie bags, full flavor vegan, zero calories, zero fat, zero sugar, zero carbs, zero sodium foods, crispy French toast, boneless cookies, peanut butter, or biscuits. So, okay, so I can pick two of these. They full flavor and they they giving me no calories. They giving me no fat. They giving me no sugar, no carb, no sodium. So I can just eat and enjoy with no with no no negative side effects. Is what you're saying? Crispy French toast, boneless cookies, peanut butter, or biscuits. Which one am I? Which two am I choosing? <clears throat> I'm going with the crispy French toast. Dang, boneless cookies, peanut butter, or biscuits. Y'all just be, y'all be going for the jugular. Mmm, that's a good ass day. This is a good ass day right here. If I can just eat crispy French toast, boneless cookies, peanut butter, and biscuits all day, me, with no ramifications, it's going to be the best day of my goddamn life. Oh man. So I got the French toast. I'm going with the French toast because I've been craving breakfast for months now. And I need French toast in my life. With the crispy edges? Oh God. Yes. I'm going with the French toast. I've been getting my biscuits fixed on lately. For for this question in the now, in the moment now. I've I've been I've been eating biscuits lately. I had biscuits on daddy issues. I had biscuits in Atlanta. So I've been getting my biscuit fix. I just had boneless cookies. Struggle Beer Bakery just brought me some boneless cookies. I told them don't bring me, don't, don't bring me a goddamn thing. Struggle Beer bought me cookies anyway. So I'm gonna sock them out and I'm blocking them on all platforms. I'm gonna go with peanut butter. I'm gonna go with peanut butter with no ramifications. Give me the crunchy peanut butter. Give me the crunchy peanut butter. I'm going to put it on the French toast like The Rock be doing. If I can pick two of these, no ramifications. Give me the French toast and the peanut butter. Give me a jar of that crunchy, honey, Jif peanut butter. 
Give it to me, man. Just give me a spoon and just let me have at it. No ramifications. No pudge-ups. Give me that. Give me that French toast and peanut butter day, man. I'm the happiest man on earth. It don't get no better than that for that day. The peanut butter and the crispy French toast. Oh, my God, man. Oh, I'm so hungry, man. I ain't answering no more food questions right here, right now. This is the last, this or that right here. Shoe Game Shan asks, board games or video games? Let me tell y'all something. And remember, if... uh. If y'all ask this or that question here today and I didn't get to it, save it for later, please. Just save it, log it, keep it, save it. I'm loving everything. Video games or board games? I love video games. Video games are a good time. I can play by myself. I can play with friends. It's whatever. It's it's it's, it's a good-ass time. I can play by myself for hours. I can play with the crew for hours. Me, Sham, my brother Scott, Shift, Corn Dog, Lena, Letta, Gabe, Big Irish J, Reg, J Orbit. J Orbit don't play with us no more, man. But I'm gonna still throw him in there for historic purposes. Diablo, we be having a good ass time playing games together. TC, how could I forget T? C, we ate a Cracker Barrel together in, in uh, Charlotte. Oh, actually, it was Raleigh. It was Raleigh. Shout out to Sarita, too, who also joined us on that meal. But it's something very fun, dope, and special to me about playing board games with people. Playing board games live, in person, it don't get no better than that for me. Playing board games with loved ones, friends, and family, and just playing board games in each other's faces, in each other's energy, just having a good time, focus on the game and the laughs and the moments, that's top-notch. It's just top-notch, man. I love board games. I love game night. I love board games. I like playing Life and Monopoly and Axis and Allies and goddamn Risk and Backgammon. Whatever. We rolling the dice. We playing dungeons. Taboos, categories. If all that counts as board games, Battleship, Connect Four. I love board games. Because it's just it's it's so it's so social and it's just a vibe. And it's just I love that. I live for that. I could do that all day, all night. So yes, yeah, so I'm gonna go with board games, man. Like playing Monopoly. Getting down to the nitty gritty, getting your money, handing out the cash. Yo, where my money at, man? Where my checking? I got you, man. I got you. Being the banker, the stress that that holds when you the banker, people want their money. Yo, man, you didn't pay me my last check. Hey, man, just take it easy, man. We just we just got some we got some setbacks going on in the bank, man. Man, later for that excuse. Being a slumlord in Monopoly, where's my where's my twenty five dollars for Baltic Avenue? Where's my $25? I love being a slumlord in Monopoly, man. Baltic Avenue, Mediterranean, Connecticut, 
Oriental, and Vermont Avenue. That whole block is me, goddammit. That whole block. Even the railroad. Give me the Reading Railroad. Is it the Reading Railroad or the Reading Railroad? Whatever it is, give me that railroad right there. Give me the whole block. If I can get that whole block, you can have all that other shit. You can have Marvin Gardens. You can have North Carolina, Pennsylvania Avenue. You can have Boardwalk and Park Place. You can have Illinois, whatever. Give me that low-budget-ass block that everybody lands in. Give me that. $600 on the hotel on Connecticut Ave over there by the jailhouse. That's me. And I want my goddamn money. You understand me? That's me all day. And I love Uno. Playing Uno? Fewer things in life are funnier than the Uno game. Spades, Uno. Spades is a little bit too serious, but Uno is pure silliness. And I don't stack. But Uno is a good-ass time. When people think they're getting over and they're getting it in, and they think they're about to tiptoe on out the game, and you hit them in the mouth with a draw four, fewer things in life are funnier than that. When you got to humbly scoop them goddamn cards up. When you thought you was about to tiptoe on out the game, you got your little last card left and somebody be like, draw four. Blue. They changed the color on that ass and now you got to humbly be like, hey man, I challenge you. And then you wrong on the challenge. Now you got to get six cards instead of four. That is life. You done tore their ass loose. It's fewer things better than that, man. Anyway, board games all day. Remember, y'all, patron saints, save you this or that for a future episode of Verbal Cardio. I appreciate y'all. Y'all make this podcast so much better. I love y'all and appreciate y'all. This was a good-ass time. Uh, spread the word about Verbal Cardio, man. Spread the word. Tell your loved ones. Tell everybody, yo, you need to check out Verbal Cardio. It's a good time. Spread the word, man. Help your boy out. Help me expand, man. I'm trying to expand this thing, man. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all passionately. I'm tired of talking. And uh, until next time, man, thank you for tuning in to another session of that verbal cardio.